to the JR Takes Podcast. As always, Jonah Hoffman and Ryan Rogers coming at you live. We are currently in Super Bowl week, preparing for the Kansas City Chiefs and the Philadelphia Eagles game. Not exactly who I would have liked to see in the, the big dance at the end, but... That's usually the way it goes if your team's not in it. At, yeah, at, I, at I can't of think of a year so. where I was stoked about both participants in the Super Bowl. Like yeah. last year, I was furious that the Rams were in it. And then when they won it, it was a nightmare. Worst case scenario. Mm-hmm. So it is what it is. You know, at the end of the day, 31 or yeah, 31 teams are pissed off at the end of the Super Bowl. So it's, it's the way it works. But I do think, just from an objective standpoint, this is probably the top matchup we could have uh, hoped for because throughout the regular season, who were the top two teams in each conference? They were literally the number one seeds, the Eagles and the Chiefs. So um, I think it's exciting to have Jalen Hurts be in the Super Bowl, however, though, because... A couple of years ago, I was like, eh, he looks like a guy that's going to be out of the league in like three years. Um, he yeah, got his, he I remember got his job taken in college by Tua. I remember when we all watched that game. Remember that? Yeah, the, that was the, the national championship. Where yeah, like when Hertz and Hertz Tua. was not playing very good, and then he got benched. And, and then, then Tua was like throwing bombs. Mm-hmm. See, that's what's weird about the whole arm strength thing with Tua, because like my lasting memory of Tua in college is that game. And he threw a couple like Russell Wilson esque, just deep rainbow shots down mm-hmm. the field. I don't know. I, I know he's had some injuries, but uh, yeah, I think he had a hip injury, and I yeah. think that really not like. I mean, you see when Dak warms up before a game yeah. and he does that hip thing. I don't think Tua can move like that. Well, I think like your legs and your core is like. 70% of throwing power, probably, mm-hmm. if not more. So it, it, it makes sense. But, yeah, no, it's definitely an exciting matchup. I I mean, do you really even care who wins? Do you have a preference? Not really, because I was thinking about it, and no matter what the outcome is, both of those teams, since, we've, since I've been a football fan, have the equal amount of Super Bowls as my team. Yeah, so that's how I feel So no matter it, what, one of them is going to leapfrog us which sucks yeah it, it it's kind of lose lose from a seahawks <laughs> fan perspective because i really feel like in the nfc the seahawks were the team in the 2010s yeah and we only have one super bowl to show for it and now one of these two teams that is much more recent in their uh, ascent to the top is gonna have two which mm-hmm. is irksome but um yeah let's let's jump into our predictions might as well um I got the Chiefs winning this one. I don't really want them to. I think I would rather have the Eagles win just because Hurts has never won a Super Bowl, I guess. But uh, I, I think the Chiefs are going to win it. Um, I think it's going to be a good game. Um, I think the Eagles defense could really uh, be the difference maker in this because I think they're better than the Chiefs defense. But the Chiefs defense has been playing pretty solid as of late. Um, and I think I think uh, with Pacheco, the Chiefs have just found a pretty good run game, which is sort of the weak link in the Eagles' defense. Um, but I'm thinking I'm thinking Chiefs 34-31 kind of game. Maybe that's more points than is realistic. But I, I just feel like with both these offenses, they're gonna find way to ways to put points on the board, and they've had a couple weeks off to rest, any lingering injuries and stuff like that. So. That's that's my uh, overview of what I'm predicting. What about mm. you? I'm gonna say thirty four. Or I mean, uh, thirty one to twenty four. 
Okay. I'm going to go Eagles. And I think, I do think the Chiefs, it was hard for me to pick the Eagles because the Eagles have played Daniel Jones and I know nobody's for the ni- for the Niners. So they, they haven't had, like one of the easiest paths to the Super Bowl I've ever seen. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think if they are playing Mahomes, that's I think it might catch them with their pants down a little bit. And yeah. I think that they might start a little flat. That's kind of how I'm predicting the game goes. And then maybe they come out and figure it out in the second half. Mm. But I could see that going down both scenarios. They win and lose, but they start off the game kind of not really, not really, uh, like I said, caught off guard. So I'm going to, I'm going to go with the Eagles in the end, but I think it's going to be, uh, an ugly first half. It's funny hearing you say all that because I've had all of those same thoughts trying to predict what's going to happen with this game because mm-hmm. the Eagles played one of the easiest schedules in the regular season. They played, I, I think, the easiest postseason path of the Super Bowl I've ever seen. Yeah, and, I agree. Um, but at the same time, I do think they were overall the best NFC team this year. You know, the 49ers for a little bit looks better, but, you know, injuries are a bitch and it is what it is. But uh, um, they're a fantastic team. They don't really have any, like, really pronounced weaknesses. Hertz has been an MVP candidate. You know, they got some of the one of the best wide receiver duos in the league and A.J. Brown and um, what the fuck? Uh, Devontae Smith. Yeah, thank you. I can never remember these young receivers names for some reason. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, I, and you could also make the argument that the Chiefs are more experienced but the thing is, when it comes to Super Bowls, like, I don't know, the Seahawks dominated the Broncos in the Super Bowl, and that team was so young, and the Broncos had so many veterans, like Champ Bailey, you know, mm-hmm. Peyton Manning, obviously. There's lots more on that team that just were a lot more veteran and experienced than, than that young Seattle team. So I don't really feel like you can point to the experience thing as, like, a absolute factor. I think the only time the experience thing has ever been a real stat is if Tom Brady is your quarterback and you're in a Super Bowl. I think that's the only time when you can point at that statistic or situation of veterans improving your chances to win the Super Bowl and see, because Tom Brady was seven and two or no, seven and three. It's crazy. He was in 10 Super Bowls. It was almost half of every season he played, which I guess uh, since we last spoke, Tom Brady retired again. Oh, I thought we were... I was hoping we weren't going to bring it up. Okay, well, <laughs> too late, I guess. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, Did you see I'm just shirtless? relieved. Yeah, I saw that. Okay, that... I guess we don't need to talk about it anymore, but... I, I think we do, actually. Because <laughs> honestly, like, ew. <laughs> it's just a little more of Tom Brady than I ever wanted to see, personally. Yeah, like... Fucking, I don't know. Just it's got his be underwear choice. Uh, everything about it was just like, bro. Yeah, you're almost fifty, man. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, there are kids that are going to be seeing that. What What a weird place in life to be, where you've been like one of the most recognizable faces in sports for multiple decades. You've won seven championships, and now you're like, you know, on the wrong side of forty five, and you're single. Like, what a weird situation thinking, to find I, yourself in. I mean, like, trying to be optimistic for Tom Brady, but, like, I was thinking, like, he's got to feel, like, I don't know, 
maybe he feels empty because he's lost his family. He's not playing football anymore. He's done all he can do. How does it go up from here? Yeah, I I guess I see what you mean because like man, when you've like reached the pinnacle of what you do in your career seven times, like. I don't know, like, what, what what do you find in life after that that's going to be that satisfying and fulfilling? Exactly, you know? and, it, like, football is such a huge part of our culture that, like, going to the Super Bowl and winning it that many times is, like, kind of, like, one of the most impressive things you can do in America, I yeah. feel like. <laughs> well, I mean, a, a lot of what Tom Brady's accomplished is just flat out never going to happen again. It, it just can't. The, the amount of... Look, he is the GOAT, but he's also the LOAT. I think we've talked about this before. He's the luckiest football player ever. Like, not just all the crazy plays that have happened and benefited him in big situations, but just the fact that he was never injured besides that one season. And, mm-hmm. you know, like, it, it's... Like there is a lot of luck involved <clears throat> in football, and Tom Brady played this game longer, better than anyone ever has or probably will. But like, I just don't even think like anyone's going to be able to play that long without getting a serious injury again. Well, and I think too, no one's going to be able to play that long with three other franchises in their division having such poor success yeah. for two decades. I mean, the Jets, I know the Jets were good for, like, four years in, like, the late 2000s, but that was fraudulent. Yeah, I mean... Mark Sanchez was not good. Yeah, like, let's Uh, be real. The Jets, they they were a fun story there for a minute, but, I mean, they haven't been to the playoffs since. Yeah, I think they have the longest playoff drought of any NFL team. They do. Right now. I'm pretty sure they do, yeah. Yeah. Once once the Bills started making it, and, yeah, I think think the Bills were, like, the longest drought. Uh, Yeah. I was going to say, I think the Lions have the, the longest playoff drought without a win though and it's something dude i feel so bad for lions fans i think since like 1960 or something like that didn't they, they win one in the 90s i thought they did it's been it's been like almost 30 years i think uh-huh. but since the like 60s they've won like four playoff games <laughs> like total it's it's brutal to be a lions fan but i think things are really looking up for that for that franchise right now especially when you look at green bay um but, uh, yeah, uh, Tom Brady, do you think he's coming back or do you think he's done for good this time? I, th- <clears throat> I think he's done for good. I'm like, dude, just stay retired. <laughs> I you think, have nothing more to play for. <laughs> well, and I think, you know, like clearly he showed he can still play this season, but uh, I don't know. I, I mean, at 46 years old, can you still throw for 5,000 yards? I don't think so. Like, if anyone can do it, he can do it. But I do think it's at the point where he's proven enough. I mean, he proved enough a decade ago, in my opinion. Like, he, it's it's overkill at this point. And I'd much rather um, just have Tom Brady, my lasting memories of him playing, being, like, you know, at a high level, than to have him, like, come back and have a final year like Brett Favre did you know where he was basically just a zombie did not look like the player you had watched at all regardless of how you felt about those two guys it was like you know just as a sports fan it sucks when you watch someone that's played a little too long and they're they're not able to do it anymore Mm -hmm. it's hard to watch yeah so um I think this is probably as good a time as he's gonna get you know like you could argue if he had retired two years ago after that Tampa Bay Super Bowl like 
that might have been the perfect time, but still. I mean, at, at la- there was a certain point last year where he was still putting up huge numbers at age 44 where I was just like, you know, I've spent most of my life hating this guy, but this is pretty fucking amazing. Like, mm-hmm. this this is just not going to be done again. So, um, he played long enough, excellent enough for me to just be like, I have nothing but respect for this man. Yeah. Even I though guess. he is annoying and is like, right <laughs> I guess he's all right. Yeah. He won't be missed. (laughs) No, that's that's definitely true. And if you look at the landscape of the NFC quarterback situation right now, it's really interesting because there's a number of free agent or likely to be traded quarterbacks getting on the market this offseason. You know, biggest names out there are obviously like Lamar Jackson. I don't really think he's going to test free agency. That just... I mean, when is the last time that has actually even happened where a franchise quarterback was able to test the market, you know, besides Tom Brady after the Patriots? I mean, Kirk Cousins. Peyton Manning. Oh, yeah, I guess. Yeah, because I don't I don't know. Would you count Kirk Cousins after the Redskins? No, he wasn't good. When yeah. He left the Redskins. It's not the same. And he's not good now. So <laughs> it's not like a guy who's won an MVP, you know, <laughs> so it's it's definitely different. Um but, yeah, Lamar Jackson is going to definitely reset the quarterback market from somebody this offseason. Did you hear about um, another quarterback that might be on the move? He's doing a four-day darkness cleanse. Yeah, Mr. Rogers. Uh, okay, that is so stupid, <laughs> by the way. Like, the darkness cleanse? Yeah. It just sounds really boring. Well, uh, this is what I'm thinking, like, Aaron Rodgers turning a new leaf last offseason and, like, finding out about him being, like, in touch with his mental health and doing all these psychedelics and blah, 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 blah. I thought that that was really cool because he was opening up to the public about a very, like, vulnerable state that he was in. Mm -hmm. But this seems like, look at me, I'm Aaron Rodgers, look what I'm about to do. That's kind of what this seems like. And it's like, do you really need to do this to figure out if you want to play professional football and make $60 million? Like, come on, Do you think he's just making it up? (laughs) Maybe. That's my point, is, like, maybe he's just bullshitting everyone, which... I guess I can sort of respect that a little yeah. bit. I think that uh, that's kind of funny, funny to me yeah. because he's just getting people like you and me to talk about him once again. Well, if that's Which, a strategy, it's working. I know. That's why I'm like, damn, okay, well, I guess I respect that. But Yeah, Rogers, if nothing else, he's an interesting cat. I, there's not really anyone else in the pro sports world that I can think is that similar to him. Someone... Uh, I read in a YouTube comment the other day, someone said he's the Kyrie Irving of the NFL, and I kind of agree with that. I think he's not as much of an idiot as I was going to say, Irving, I'm not trying but, to sound like an asshole or whatever, but I think Aaron Rodgers is a lot smarter than Kyrie Irving. <laughs> no, I agree. I'm just saying, like, I read that and I was like, I could I could see that comparison. Yeah. They, they kinda, They're both out there and they both say things that you're like, Okay, but yeah, Kyrie Irving, where he's coming from, he he says a lot of stuff that you won't forget because of how stupid it was. Yeah, I mean, he was saying the world is flat and he said some not some not so great things about the Jewish community that (laughs) I don't want to get into on this podcast. But yeah, yeah, it's different, but also I kind of get it. Yeah, the comparison. Um, Yeah. uh, Do you think he's going to come back to the Packers? I do. I think he is, because. 
He's not going to go to the AFC. Why would he do that? He's going to be 40. Yeah, and I mean, he even last year, like he didn't have a bad season, but he had his worst season statistically since not his rookie year, but his first year as a full-time starter. So I don't know. I, I think if he were to go anywhere, he should go to a team like like the 49ers, honestly. Like, yeah, I, I thought it was weird that he said in an interview that he's not going to San Fran because that's a perfect fit for him. I know. I would <laughs> I would absolutely hate that, though. Can you imagine how awful that would, suck. that would be? That would really suck. I'm glad that he's not interested in the idea. I, I think he stays in Green Bay because he kind of developed started developing a relationship with his offense towards yeah. the end of the year like he they were clicking and they just yeah they ran into the buzzsaw that is the Detroit Lions and like they kind of just couldn't slow him down so i think the packers i think they'll have a better year next year i think they'll play prob if if Aaron stays there's which, also which i think he will look cuz like i said there's like no competition in the NFC compared compared to the AFC. Yeah, and that that's kind of what I've been trying to allude to is like all of the good quarterbacks are in the AFC, and uh, it just it, from anyone trying to make a move, it makes more sense to land on an AFC or NFC team because your route to the playoffs and the Super Bowl or division, whatever it may be, is going to be a lot easier than in the AFC, just and inherently. I just need to say Aaron Rodgers going to the Jets because they hired Nathaniel Hackett. <laughs> like, I don't care what their relationship is together. The Jets organization doing that, thinking that that would work. Is that not the most Jets thing you've ever heard of? Hey, yeah. let's, let's hire the guy that we just saw paired with Russell Wilson who had the worst offense in Broncos history. Let's hire that guy to run our offensive play calls <laughs> in hope that we get Aaron Rodgers' interest and the Packers' interest peaked enough to trade him to us. That's the worst. <laughs> well, it kind of reminds me of when everyone thought that Adam Gase needed a job because he was the Denver Broncos coordinator when Peyton Manning threw 55 touchdowns. It's like, dude, that was because of Peyton Manning, not because of this fucking idiot. Like, look <laughs> at how bad he was. It's the same thing with Aaron Rodgers and, and Hackett. Like, Aaron Rodgers is one of the best quarterbacks that's ever done it. I'm pretty sure that had a lot more to do with it than this fucking moron that doesn't know how to get a play call out in time. Have you seen that picture of Nathaniel Hackett after he, like is hired by Denver and he's sitting there with his big bald head and <laughs> like there's a Denver helmet next to him and he's like <laughs> I'll I'll no. I'll pull it up. I honestly the... I almost feel bad making fun of <laughs> Nathaniel Hackett because I feel like like dude that guy has had to have a rough year from like a mental health standpoint. I know it comes yeah. with the territory when you're doing anything at the professional level but like man I hope he doesn't have a Twitter. That's all I got to say. Well, did you see what Sean Payton said about uh, Jay Keeps? And I did. Yeah, I guess let's talk about that for a second because, you know, Sean Payton, who I honestly have never been a big fan of. I've always kind of thought he was a douche. Yeah. But uh, he's the Broncos coach now, and the Broncos are just determined to burn all of their draft picks on old quarterbacks and coaches. But anyways... He's going to Denver. How do you think that's working out? And what do you think of his remarks about Russell Wilson's team three getting the boot? Um, I 
I kind of feel for Jake Heaps personally because I used to listen to him all the time and I really liked listening to him a lot. Um, and I know that obviously he moved to Denver and like changed his whole life to be like on Russell Wilson's coaching staff, whatever. But uh, at the same time, like, yeah, Russ needs to be fucking humbled. And he needs, bit, yeah. he needs to go back to the basics of you're the quarterback. You're not the head coach. I feel like you're Russell Wilson Manning. <laughs> needs to, like, go listen to how he used to be in, like, 2012 and, like, find that guy again. Because mm-hmm. that guy was someone I fucking believed in. It just the, even, like, I feel like the way he used to talk was a little bit different. Like, it's it seemed more... Like, he's always talked like a coach and, like, a robot kind of, but, like... For the last couple of years, it just felt very, very like it's like felt a like politician. Every, yeah, he's trying to be like, oh, I, I, I'm cool, Miss, I'm cool, Russell Wilson. Like, yeah, I, I relate to everybody, and 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 Wendy, Wendy the Wendy lady that uh, she, you know, she uh, is in the cafeteria working really hard all the time. You know, just shit like yeah, that. That's when he's, a pretty good impression, honestly. There's no video, but even the mannerisms were, were on point <laughs> there. But, like, yeah, no, he's trying to be Mr. Cool Guy Celebrity, and I know this is totally ad hominem bullshit, but it's also, in my opinion, true. And I, I just think, like, he's just got to embrace the dork that he is and not care about the rest and just get back to the basics. Because I do think, you know, there's no physical reason why he can't be just as good as he was for us with the Broncos. Mm-hmm. It's all between the years, and it's all ego, I think, you know, like... Maybe Russell Wilson needs to go do some ayahuasca, man. Like, I, that that could help him tremendously. <laughs> I think it would. Yeah. <laughs> I really think it would. And that also, like... Can you imagine if him and Rodgers became homies all of a sudden? I think that could be, like, the biggest cure for all of Wilson's problems. Well, that leads me back to Rodgers and <clears throat> all of these media people, like, in sports. It, like, is really mind-boggling how uneducated all of these sports hosts are with psychedelic drugs well a lot of things honestly so many sports like media people when i listen to them talk i'm like how did you get this fucking job dude i shouldn't know more about football than you you get paid to do this well this is unfootball related i think brock heward's an amazing football analyst mm-hmm. but that guy like he just sounded like such a cookie cutter the, the other day yesterday i think it was when i was listening to him talk about aaron Rodgers and doing ayahuasca it's just like what was he saying? He, well, he was just like reading off the drugs, and he was like, uh, "DMT." I don't even know what that is, and like, <laughs> like, I, and they were like, "All right." So they were doing like betting odds on what drugs Aaron Rodgers was going to take, and they they've all judging Aaron like- Rodgers super hard. And I was just like, "You guys just sound like you don't know what you're talking about." <laughs> that's that's all you guys sound like. Yeah, they should like listen to. Joe Rogan podcast. Well, and remember that remember that Colin Cowherd episode when he compared doing ayahuasca to drinking Captain Morgan? Like <laughs> you are stupid. <laughs> well, I think that's just an example of sometimes people just gotta stay in their lane, man. Like if you, you don't know what you're talking about, then don't have a big take on it. Like it's on a show that's nationally televised. Yeah, you're not talking about LeBron James. You're you can talking have an about opinion substances. On it, but when yeah, when you <laughs> put it out on that platform you look stupid. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Uh, yeah, no, it's 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 definitely interesting to like be having those like realms crossing over, though, where it's like, you know, I've never done those substances, but uh, like 
I remember first hearing about that stuff on Joe Rogan like 10 years ago. Yeah. And to have Aaron Rodgers be going on the Pat McAfee show talking about it. It's just it's just kind of cool because regardless of whether what you think about Aaron or those things, like having a big time athlete like open up about something like that like no one would have been talking about that like 10 years ago you no, know like even if not. even if they were doing it they would not have been talking about it and i think something that's really good about the modern age uh is people seem to be being more real with each other like and i think everyone is realizing that authenticity is one of the most desirable things in a person. I mean, mm-hmm. I think that, but everyone thinks that deep down, whether or not they even realize it. So I think that's also just going back to Wilson real quick. Uh, I think that's part of why he's had such a tough couple of years here is because no one really buys the persona that he presents, you know? And like, e- even if that is really him, like, which I think to a certain degree it is, um, He's got to find a way to be more, seem more human, more fallible, you know, because mm-hmm. like it, it just it's not sustainable. You what, know? what what I've or noticed relatable. when I see Russell talk is like he's he's never n- nothing is ever unacceptable to him. It, it, it always seems like, oh, like like everything has nothing makes him mad like his his previous performance in X amount of games, like 10 different games. Like I never really heard him like pissed off or, or the only time I can think about him actually even saying like showing any real frustration was, do you remember when we played the Packers in the playoffs in 2019 and they got off to a big lead and we almost came back? I mean, yeah, we lost. Yeah. Yeah. But I remember in the post game interview and this was right before the let Russ cook season in 2020 he was like, oh, I just think it's unacceptable. And he's, he actually seemed, like, pissed off that we didn't yeah, win that but game. That's and my, I was like, oh, cool. That's like, my point, is though, is that was in 2019. Yeah. He's a different person ever since Russ Cook started happening. I swear like, it's, like, been since that Arizona game that we lost where, I don't know, some people speculate this is going off into harebrained, like, Reddit theory, but he took a huge hit in that game, and some people were like, is he just playing concussed? Because he threw an interception immediately after the hit. I don't really remember the game. Oh, okay. I mean, it is years ago now, but anyways. Yeah, no, I think I, I think you're spot on. It's just, uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how that Sean Payton situation works out, how they, you know, coexist together. I personally think it will work out because Russell Wilson is going to be so ass-kissing, like, I want to be friends with Sean Payton approach to it that's what i think i i, and I think, I think he, it's gonna I think be he will do what he says i don't think they're gonna be much better than like nine and eight next season but i do think they'll be better because like honestly denver wasn't a bad team last year like on paper it, it still doesn't make sense to me that we have a top five pick because they have a lot of good players especially mm-hmm. on defense and it was like how the fuck are you guys not winning these games well that's kind of like us two seasons ago we were really good with russ but we only won seven games and he i mean i know he got hurt but we were still a really talented roster that year yeah i i mean i i agree but i also think like Bobby Wagner and, and Wilson and some of our like star players were really like propping up a very talent devoid 
roster. I still think the Seahawks got a lot of rebuilding to do. Um, but it's great because we have four picks inside the first two rounds this year. And honestly, uh, I guess let's let's shift gears here a little bit. Just focus on the Seahawks offseason. Um, decision number one, what do we do with Geno? Because let me tell you right now, if you don't think Geno Smith is going to get paid $30 million, you think again. I think we should let him walk. Really? Yeah, because... I, if we're going to focus everything on the defense, why not just have Drew fill in and we'll draft a quarterback next year based on how we do this year? Because are we try are we are we all in for we can win a Super Bowl, Gino? Because he couldn't beat a single NFC t- South team and he didn't win us a playoff game and never has won a playoff game. I mean, so, I don't really think that's totally fair though because it's it's a team sport and the way Gino played in all of those games with a better defense is good good enough to win. I just also opinion. don't think that one year of you you've proven to us one season that you can play like this. I do agree with you there. I think the sample size is relatively small. Um, but I, I do have to say, uh, Gino made so many wow throws he last did. season. That's to the where only I'm thing. Like, we're not going to get that out of a rookie quarterback. And I don't think we're going to get that out of Drew Locke. I think we could get something different out of Drew. Um, but, and he, <clears throat> I would, will he agree. would be cheaper. The, but the, like, the accuracy and the completion percentage was, was something that isn't a fluke. You yeah. can't, you can't fake that. Yeah. Um, I also just I just think Gino's a cool guy, too. I, I like him. But I mean, yeah, it's it's a tricky situation because like we have effectively like thirty one million dollars in cap space, roughly. You know, you just think if Gino's cap hit is like twenty five million next year, because even if he signs a thirty thirty five million a year contract, the cap hit won't necessarily be that exact same number. Um, we could do a couple things to make some cap space, like letting Gabe Jackson walk, walk which please he's terrible sorry Gabe, but you're done um and uh there's, there's a number of other guys like sorry but a guy like puna ford well i think actually yeah. he's a free agent there's some people we could let walk or cut this off season that would save some room um but yeah i mean we we have a lot of other holes to fill for sure so i the argument of getting a rookie qb or you know, rolling the dice with Locke or even having him be a bridge quarterback. I don't know. They all make sense to me. But I think from the argument of let's go for it next year, because, I mean, think about it. We did make the playoffs this year. Like we had a good team um, and a lot of our competition, I think, are going to get knocked down a peg this offseason. So I think from the argument of let's go for it right now, we got to resign Gino because I don't think you're going to have someone come in at all and be able to play that well without you know already being entrenched into our system and having that accuracy because he had one of the better completion percentages we've we i mean he literally had the best one the seahawks have ever had so um there everything about gino last year was legit but i do see from a cap space argument and from a it was a one-year thing argument like who knows he could fall off a cliff next year you never know mm-hmm. um so i i see both sides of it um i i just Right now, I'm leaning towards, like, let's just re-sign Gino to, like, a three-year deal. And, uh, okay, so from from that standpoint, if we draft a quarterback this year, let's say we use one of our first uh, two first-round picks on it, which guy do you want out of this draft class? 
Um, <clears throat> like if we like with the fifth pick, fifth or twentieth, or maybe we move back. Just forget uh, Bryce. The, you you want Bryce Young? Yeah. I just don't even think that they will get a chance unless they literally trade for the number one pick. Yeah, I I don't either. But again, I don't I don't really think. <clears throat> there's that big of an issue moving forward with Drew Locke and seeing what he could do because he's young and mm-hmm. I mean he didn't really get a fair chance last off last training camp and he did get to watch Gino for a whole year and kind of see a, a veteran guy who's had a really similar kind of experience that Drew has had the both second round picks they're both drafted to horrible situations that's why that's why I'm saying like I love Gino love him as a guy like he's Solid dude, seemed like a great leader, but like, I just don't think that we need his services. Like, I think we can be fine without him. He deserves a big bag from whoever will give I, it to him. I, like, I, and, that's, no matter, and I think he will get that. Yeah, no matter where he goes, I'm a Geno fan. To be kind of interesting if he plays. went back to the Jets. That would be interesting. I feel like he'd show up there and be like. Oh, so now you want me, huh? <laughs> It'd be kind of funny if he chose to play bad on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> but took like a hundred million guaranteed from them. Yeah. Oh, that'd be amazing. And then we re-sign him and win a Super Bowl. Um, how, how long do you think this is like this forever. time frame? Is? <laughs> like he's going to go to New York, play like two seasons, come back and then win us a Super Bowl. <laughs> Hey, it's our podcast. I can bullshit if I want. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, I totally think what you're saying is like a reasonable, logical argument. And I, I'd be all for it. Um, but as far as the quarterbacks this year, I actually think whether we, we re-sign Gino or not or have Drew Locke for a couple of years, um, I think Anthony Richardson is who we should draft out of this class because he probably has the lowest floor out of the top four guys. But he has arguably the best arm out of all of them. Definitely the best legs, and is the he's just a freak athlete. Like as a prospect, <clears throat> he will come into the National Football League with a top ten arm and top three running ability. You know, all the other guys that are in his category are like uh, Lamar Jackson and Justin Fields. I guess the reason why I'm so attracted to the Bryce Young pick is because he's been in commercials. He's been making millions of dollars in college already. I feel like he's already in that NFL environment, like playing for Alabama. Yeah, Alabama, Georgia, that's like as close as you can get these days to, you know, being in a pro environment. Well, and remember when you saw him in the Dr. Pepper commercial in the beginning of the college football season? Like, that's never happened before. A it's college player being in commercials never happened before this year when they started doing all those uh, college players can make money now based on uh, deals and whatnot. But Like, don't get me wrong. I would be, I, I would be excited if we drafted Bryce Young. Um, I just want him to bulk up, like, 20 pounds i really don't think that that's a difficult thing to ask for given that he's going to be surrounded by professional nutritionists and trainers i mean like i agree i just feel like his frame is so small like it's i don't know i I guess he is young too but it's just he's like the smallest like weight wise quarterback i've i've seen besides kyler murray who's stockier because he's like five foot four Mm -hmm. but uh i don't know that that's my only thing with bryce young like literally everything about him is great just his size is 
concerning to me. I mean, Justin Fields isn't that big either. They're, he's they're, way bigger than him. He's he's like 230 pounds probably. Really? I thought he was like 6'1". Well, uh, let me just look it up because I don't know off the top of my head, but I'm, I'm pretty sure Fields is... Because he's... I remember watching him play and I was like, oh, he kind of reminds me of Russ a little bit, but he's a lot bigger. Um... Uh, yeah, he's six foot three, two twenty eight. So okay, so he's he's normal he's a big size. Boy. Yeah, that's like prototypical NFL quarterback size. Um, yeah. So you're you're not a fan of Levis or uh, C.J. Stroud, then? No, I'm not not a f- or it's not that I'm not a fan. I just would ra- I would choose Young over both of them and Levis. Well, Levis, I have no interest in. Well, he's already going to be 24 by the time he starts playing this fall anyway. So he's it, those other guys are younger. Um, I think they were more accurate in school for sure. Um, I, I think people compare Levis to Josh Allen a lot for some reason. I don't really see it. Um, I, I, yeah, I, I don't really see the comparison at all. Um, but he's a big guy with a big arm and c- can make all the NFL throws, which is enticing. But yeah, this I quarterback just, class, it's going to be interesting to see how they turn out. Cause it's certainly better than last year's class, but um, it was hyped a lot coming into this uh, season. It always is. It, I feel like the, the quarterbacks for next year's draft are always really hyped for the current draft. And then you get to next year and then it's like, Oh, they're actually not that good. Never yeah. mind. Uh, this does have that, mean, they're doing that right now with the three of these guys like they're like Caleb oh will Levis is actually like there's maybe maybe there are some issues with his game and blah 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 yeah. and like oh bryce young he's small uh, like you said last year that these guys were amazing what are you talking about now you're getting <laughs> cold feet because the draft is two months away yeah i actually listened to mel kuyper this morning saying that this was like overall a bad draft class <laughs> that's my point last year everyone was like next wait till next year's draft it's gonna be insane and it's like now it's bad because well, we're here i remember so when we were doing i can't believe it's almost been a year but i remember when we were doing the draft research last year because people were saying like oh the top of this year's draft class is not impressive but i was like all right well i don't know i just watched the combine and like 20 receivers just ran into four threes that <laughs> seems pretty good to me like and then sure enough this year's rookie class of receivers there was like six really good rookie receivers mm-hmm. like i don't know i i think a lot of scouting is pretty like not kind of lame it's like a bunch of people doing group think bullshit yeah and like no one having a real opinion because they're like oh they said this well i'm gonna i'm gonna change my picks because i don't want them to match yours well especially before you get to combine or pro day or any of that stuff like the measurables do matter i think sometimes people can put too much stock into the combine but look at Tariq woolen no one knew who the fuck this guy was when he was playing at Utsa. He comes to the combine, runs a four two six, jumps fifty feet in the air, and is like strong. He he's a better corner than Stingley Jr., who yeah. they took at number three. PFF just did a redraft, <laughs> and, and they he ha- got th- yeah. He had him going. They had him going third overall to the Texans. We got him at like one fifty. I know. Crazy. And when we got him, I I remember thinking like and seeing all the measurables and being like, this is too good to be true. This guy's not going to pan out. 
And then he just played exactly yeah, he how played, he was measured. I remember I was I was so excited when we drafted him because he was actually someone I did research on just because of their combine performance. Because yeah. I was like, this is like alien numbers. This shouldn't be possible. And then when he starts the year against the Broncos, I'm like, holy shit, we're actually starting him. He was playing receiver like 18 months ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and he performed way better than I think anyone could have imagined. Even with those uh, like innate gifts athletically like no one could have predicted that he would actually get six interceptions and make the yeah. pro bowl you know if it wasn't for sauce he would definitely be rookie of the year defensively yeah, yeah. maybe aiden hutchinson well i think too this season we it was pretty abnormal in the sense of how many rookies we had starting because before the season started like you would speculate Tariq Wollen and kobe bryant being like oh well they won't be starters by week one but the they'll They'll, so, they'll sub in and get some playing time here and there, you know, yada, yada, yada. special teams. You yeah, know. yeah. But no, they were like the, our nickel corner, Kobe Bryant. He, I think he had the most forced fumbles of any he did. corner or rookie corner. I can't of remember. Of any what, defender. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, so that's insane. Yeah, and Kobe Bryant, he got so fucked by penalties because he had he, three. Didn't he have like three turnovers? Yeah, he had two interceptions and another force fumble all get wiped away by penalty. It's yeah, like, brutal. oh, man, you got to feel for the guy. He would have been up like up there with the top rookie cornerback numbers if yeah. they didn't do that. But I mean, I, I still think it's cool that he showed we could, what he could do. And he's going to be a lot better next year. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh yeah, so I guess uh, with the quarterback discussion aside, uh, what what do you what positions do you want the Seahawks to attack with uh, this draft? Because they got a lot of ammo. Yeah. Um. So defensive tackle. I think that's probably the biggest need on the team. Uh, defensive tackle center. Hmm. I heard that uh, from a mock draft that we might take a center at, with the, our second overall pick, which uh, I wouldn't be opposed to. I wouldn't either. I would rather use our first second rounder for it um, because I think the top center in this draft, in my opinion, is a guy named uh, John Michael Schmitz, and he tore it up at the Senior Bowl. He's like this year's Tyler Linderbaum or mm-hmm. uh, Creed Humphrey from two years ago. Might be this guy that I'm talking it about. It probably is. I wouldn't be like because it's such a big position of need, I would not be mad if we used like the 20th overall pick on him. Um, but I. I, just as a positional value standpoint, I feel like that's a little high for a center. Um, but it's, dude, we fucking need a center. We haven't had a good center since Max Unger. Like, it's been a long time. Yeah. Um, so, what's that? Defensive tackle, center. And then with the next two picks, honestly, I would not be that mad if we drafted a receiver. I was going to say, I think that we might need be... To, and we need to stop going after these stupid little speedy nothings that amount to nothing in two years. We need to go after a a kid from a school like Ohio State or... Well, there's that Ohio or State. S, or, or the SEC yeah. just in general. Because that's where, like, look at, you know, Justin Jefferson and, like, Devonta all Smith. Of the, like, all, all of the elite receivers those. that are in the game right now, like... Or within the past decade, a majority of them have come from the SEC. Yeah, that's a true statement. Yeah. Um, And yeah, no, I think it's something our offense is really missing, too, is just a true wide receiver three. I think Goodwin had some great games last year, but, you know, he's older like it. He's so unreliable, too. He's been injury prone his entire career. Yeah. 
And it's just, it makes more sense to be paying a rookie receiver like $800,000 than to pay a 33 year old vet like $2 million. Like, it's yeah. just, it, if you can get someone with comparable talent, like, we don't need another, you know, DK or Tyler, although that would be amazing. Well, but do, you, do you bring back D. Eskridge or do you just. I mean, I think we have him for another year. Um, honestly, I think we should dump him for like a fifth rounder. But like, I'm, I agree. I'm, I'm sorry, but it just. I just want to move on from him because it, it hurts <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> to think about what could have been. I also kind of have been, I was on the excited for Jamal bandwagon, but now that I think, now that I think about it, he hasn't stayed healthy for a full season with us at all. I think we should use a mid to late rounder on a safety um, just to have some more depth at that position because we might lose Ryan Neal. Um, and... Uh, I'm really excited for Jamal to come back because when he's healthy, he is like the best player on our defense. He's really, really good. Like, I don't want to undersell how fantastic of a player he is. But, yeah, no, the health is a serious concern. I, I don't think he's able to run right now still from his injury from week one. It was a bad injury, dude. Like, this whole muscle just got disconnected. Yeah. It, his, it torn quadricep like that. Think of how big your quad is. It's a hard injury to come back from. So I don't know. I, I hope for the best for Jamal. Um, I, I love the energy he brings. But yeah, I think that's a position we should strike. One thing you didn't say is a uh, guard. I really think we need to draft a guard at some point. Probably I, I would like a third round guard personally mm. um, because Gabe Jackson just can't get the job done anymore. Phil Haynes, he's flashed at times, but he was one of the worst linemen in the league last year from PFF. Um, Damian Lewis is great, but I think if we could get a center and a guard in this draft, think about that. We would have two tackles that are second year. Damian Lewis in his third or fourth year, I believe, a rookie center and a rookie guard. That's a young offensive line, and if we hit on those two interior pieces, in a couple of years, if we keep these guys around, we could have one of the best young offensive lines in the league. And as the game has shown the last few years, the trenches are what gets you to the fucking Super Bowl. You know, mm -hmm. like I think receivers and quarterbacks and running backs can like cover up a lot of flaws. But if you don't have those elite lines, like think of when the Seahawks made the Super Bowl, both lines were the best lines we've had since easily, mm -hmm. like yeah. easily. Yeah. Um, look at the 49ers. Look at the Eagles. Look at the Chiefs right now. Creed Humphrey, all pro center, you know, and uh, Chris Jones on their defensive line, all pro type of player here. The Eagles have one of the best front sevens in football right now. The amount of sacks they got this year, I'm pretty sure they got more sacks this season than the Texans have in the last three seasons. Well, I mean, <clears throat> if you really look at the way football is played, it's not really that surprising when you realize that, that what you just said is all true because the trenches are the first, Thing to impact a play yeah it's so, how you move the ball and how you stop the ball from moving. yeah you start there that's like it's like the um order of operations yeah like you have to start with the lines like that's the first thing that's going to impact the game and the ball mm -hmm. and, and that's why i love and that's why you and then you expand out yeah like so yeah, yeah, I agree with everything you said. Well, and that's why I loved that we took um, Charles Cross and Abe Lucas last year because they were all this year. They were already like plus tackles in the league, and they're only going to get better as they get older. You know, mm -hmm. they're they're young. They're they're Gen Z kids. You know, 
Um, so, uh, yeah, now we just need to shore up the interior of the O-line, and that's going to make Kenneth Walker run a lot better. That's going to make, you know, Gino or whoever else is back there have more time. Um, I also think not in the early rounds, but, like, after round four, if we took a running back, I would – because we're probably going to lose Travis Homer. Um, I think it – Think of how many running backs got hurt last year and the year before that and the year before that. They just, Mm -hmm. you get messed up at that position. So I think it'd be a good idea to have another one. Yeah. Um, But uh, yeah, I think we're running out of time here. So going to wrap this one up. We're going to be talking about the draft a lot more in the coming months. I'm actually honestly more excited for the draft and the combine than I am the Super Bowl because it doesn't involve the Seahawks. Oh, yeah. Fuck the Super Bowl, honestly. (laughs) I'm more excited to cook and eat a bunch of food and have people over and kind of not, well, pay attention to the game, but I'm I don't really care who wins. So. <laughs> I'm with you there. But all right, we'll catch you on the next one. This has been the JR Takes Sportscast. Signing out. Yep, thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.